2: welcome to the Be Sutted Pride of West London Podcast. You join us in very happy and relaxed mood after a magnificent victory last night against Birmingham City. Joining me with Prince Belusha and Twickenham is Matt the Magnificent and Robin Hood. So after that rather dreamy intro, we're going to do the proper one now. We're, we're, we're now in Prince Belusha in, uh, in Twickenham. One of our favourite podcast joints, it's um, on Twickenham Green. We've, uh, we've, done, we've done many a pod in this place. Um, always friendly, great beers, and they've got this t- tidy little room. It's a bit of thugby fight. There's a lot of rugby stuff that goes on in here, but it's, uh, it's, 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 a, very, it's a very pleasant um, home from home. Um, and With me, as I explained, is um, Marvelous Matt, as he wants to be described as, and Robin Hood. Um, Marvelous Matt is uh, he's a, he's a bit of a po- he's a podcast virgin. It's his first appearance on the Pride of West London podcast. How are you doing, Matt?
3: Uh, good evening, Dave. Uh, I'm doing very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting me in this evening. That's all right, it's a pleasure. You still buzzing from last night? Oh, very much so, very much so. I'm very much uh,
2: dreaming. <laughs> daydreaming, daydreaming. And Robin, and we've got the Robin Hood. The Robin Hood, um, he's been on the podcast once or twice before. Um, always good to have him on. He was on with Edward the Headwood last time. Um, how are you, mate? What you been up to? Uh, I've been
4: celebrating and I woke up very hoarse this morning, I think. That's a fair place, fair place to put it. Um, Yeah, me, Ed The Head and uh, about another 9,000 other Brentford fans were very, very happy last night and equally as happy this morning. Had to pinch myself a bit following the sort of jubilation of last night that it actually did happen and yeah, all the social media and officials confirmed that yes, we did. We did do it, and yeah, I'm absolutely happy.
2: With them. I'm really happy. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you know, I don't think there was many Brentford fans that went to bed uh, tired last night. I think most people wanted to stay up and just read what was going on on social media. It was hilarious. The, the you know the, the the evening started and ended just as we we could have hoped. You know, there was a few. It's a bit of trepidation, I think, from a few people going in there because there was a there was there was potential for a few banana skins there. You know, three returning players they had something to prove but i was always buoyed and i said it on the on the you know the mini pod during the day that you know we were always going to create a lot of chances why would we not create chances all of a sudden if we started creating those chances the only thing that would ever shoot us in the foot was we you know would be wasteful and in the fact in the end we were very wasteful second half we could have had we could have had another four or five goals and that's not that's not an exaggeration mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, we're, we're the Prince Belusha. I'm Dave Lane, as you probably know already. Um, Billy the Bee, is not with us tonight. He's uh, he's buggered off to get some well-earned sunshine with his son at half term. So I um, hope you're having a good time, mate. Um, and yeah, so we're, we're here and we 're struggling well, obviously we 're struggling to find anything to talk about it 's been really a really, un, you know, really uneventful twenty four seventy two hours you know we 've only only sort of done a Saturday win and a Tuesday win um, against Sunderland and Birmingham City two premiership teams up until um, only three or four years ago. Those kind of matches we, you, you can 't ever tire of winning um, and the buzz around the stadium last night uh, the song we we'll talk about after you know in a minute um, the floodlights it was it was just the perfect griffin park evening we, it was the last tuesday night game under the floodlights uh, this season assuming you know that we might get we might get a, a floodlight game in the playoffs if we if we reached out we we'll talk about our chances of the playoffs again in a little bit a little bit um, but yeah it, everything went from start to finish perfectly last night so let's go back last night first and foremost to just the, the final whistle, the sounds, the, the excitement um, in and around Griffin Park, hear what the punters thought back in the pub after the game, Birmingham City and Brentford fans telling us as it is.
1: This is the besotted Pride of West London podcast and you can hear it's the end of the match the players are getting cheered off. The crowd are cheering. Birmingham City came down. They tried to conquer. Absolutely no chance. You can hear the crowd singing. Oh, what can it mean? Two up. This has been absolutely teething tremendous. Brentford five, Birmingham City nil. For me, this has been one of the best results ever. we waited 25 years for this, <laughs> 25 years. You may have beaten us back in 95. You may have beaten us back in the Leinster bath Trophy. But today, has been absolutely teethy tremendous. You took our teeth, but you did nothing with it. Trust me, I'm happy. Everyone who listens to the Besotted podcast every week knows how much it's meant to all us Bradford fans. Yeah, I mean, I didn't think I could be ever be disappointed with a 5 0 win against Birmingham City. But I mean, I think eight hey, would have been fair. We had loads and loads of chances second half, just just past the post, etc., etc. But no, I mean, uh, we, we were fantastic throughout today. It's really, really good. Birmingham, I thought, were eager. You know, they were quite good at closing us down early on in each half. But you know once we got our foot on the ball played round them, they are a very, very ordinary side. We are a very very good side with loads of tricks, loads of skill, and we look fantastic. Yeah, that was teething tremendous, that was great from start to finish. I'm genuinely a little bit disappointed that we didn't score more. Right, we just said Because that. you know it really could have been more, but once we got the first goal, we were superb, unstoppable going forwards. Everyone was up for it, you know, the, the team talk probably gave itself probably the longest I've ever heard any song sung really got 87 minutes of one song respect to Peter Gillam for um, his musical choices at half time oh, and at full time most games as well um, all in all a cracking evening what a performance brilliant the whole team performed today Woodsy when he came on I thought it was outstanding and we got what we wanted from our play we showed it Glimpse of all season, he got a lovely two lovely goals. Could have had a hat trick, but there you go. So could have so could Watkins. Where was Watkins when we needed him for that hat trick? And there you go. to. we're not thinking about people here because it's time for celebration, but we have be saying it from time. You need to give players a bit of time. I said 2 0 Brentford, and i tell you what, I
4: wish it had been because that was an absolute disgrace. Like we said, it started off quite evenly. You said we should have had a penalty, I didn't quite see it, but to go 1-0 down and then just have the heads drop pathetic performance there was just nothing there once again and like you say, we're talking about trying to be like Brentford bloody hell Brentford is a place, the people down here absolutely sound, obviously we've got a bit of a rivalry you put one over us today which was long overdue I've seen the place where the new ground's going to be, and I can imagine if you keep pushing on like this, that new ground's going to be rocking. And fair play to you, because it's it's nice to see a club full of proper football people who are welcoming. Obviously, you play the game,
1: you enjoy it. We're back in the pub now having a drink, and I tell you what, it's been a great day, and it's been a credit to you. Again, I I don't, you know, it sounds like I'm calling players out, but we went from first gear to. Full gear when um, Josh when um, when Woods when Ryan Woods came on and Josh McCracken went off and and you know that, that is the way it is. Maybe Josh was having a bad night, but Woods made a massive difference when he came on. I think he made us more mobile in midfield and um, and it changed the game for me. More calmer than Chris Kamara today. Yeah, yeah. I have, I have. Harley Dean the uh, geezer did not know what day it was, who, who he was. You yeah, know, and, and, and good, good, good on him. He, he got everything he deserved Yotta, like I don't know how, like I know the is earning more money but he's wasted a year or two or three before he's ever going to reach the top flight and if he really wants to play at the top flight like he said he's, he's gone the wrong way about it and you know Colin Maxine Colin Better play Maxine Collin played like a slightly poorer version of Maxine Collin but I like the guy I'm got I, I thought the I thought the vitriol was uh, relative to the uh, to, to all the hype
2: they ended up being like a freak show like a it was it was just like a circus the fourth goal stockdale juggled it and he and he did what he did and then uh, then the you know I thought more had knocked it into an empty goal but apparently it was an own goal um, and then the fifth goal you know it, there was there was comedy moments um <laughs> punctuated football brilliance by Brentford. You know we we I, I don't I don't wanna I don't want to hear too much about they were awful. They were but we were brilliant we were brilliant. Um, and you know we, we, we just played really really well and um, you know it was just a really great second half. Harley Dean got it big time um, and you know I, I feel I feel very proud to be a beaten tonight. so there you have it what a night. Seriously, what a night. Um, Birmingham City fans have been reeling. They've they they they've churned out the usual um, cup final and where's your crowd and um, where's your history. I'm trying to belittle it. If Jotter's the best player you've ever had, he's shit, you must be awful, blah, 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 blah. All you can never do is beat what's put in front of you and we beat two lower championship teams, but We've really dispatched them. Seven goals we've scored in in 72 hours. Seven goals we've scored against Birmingham City this season. We, We wiped the floor with them. Um, it's it's been brilliant to watch, and you know, yes, we have got beef with Birmingham City um, on the pitch not off the pitch, and uh, you know, we, we've just just had all the things that we hoped would happen. Just been just been sort of you know bolstered, and all that all that confidence we've had in our team um, pretty much since the get go this season. It's just it's starting to build again. So um, you know, calamitous Birmingham City last night, stupendous Brentford, hilarious Ealing Road terror. And and Braymore Road and the New Road. It was just a, an absolutely cracking night, Robin. I'll, I'll come to you first about last night. What what going to be your lasting memory of that game and just just the night and the event as a whole, really?
4: Um, I think it was just when that final whistle hit. Um, just seeing a dejected bunch of Birmingham players walk off uh, was 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 for me quite key there, because they, 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 they gave up after, I think, after the third goal went in. Um, and the lasting memory for me is going to be, the Bees players could have just got to that 3-0 and just coasted the rest of the game, but they absolutely went for it. They went and they wanted to get goals, and they wanted to please the fans, and they wanted to get themselves on the score sheet, You know, improve the goal difference. They didn't let up for 90 minutes. Um, I thought the attacking football, some of the stuff we were playing was you know the same old Brentford taking the piss i thought it was a real i thought it was a real joyous pleasurable performance to watch and um i think they enjoyed it as well I just just seeing the players look like they were just, they always look like they're enjoying their football um when they're playing well but just last night they looked like they were out on out on the recreation ground kicking the ball around and it was a real pleasure a delight to watch and that's what will be my lasting memory just watching 11 or 14 players just having an absolute whale of a time on the pitch and dispatching um, a team that a few years ago
2: were two
4: divisions apart from us. So,
2: Matt, you know we the last home game was against Preston. We got we got a draw out of that. We didn't we didn't play awfully, but we, we certainly didn't perform at the, to the levels we did to, did last night. Um, but a little bit subdued. Was it, was, it the, was it the fact that they were, we had three returning players coming back or was it the, was it the fact that we'd won at Sunderland and they, they wanted to start building the momentum again? What, what was it that, that brought out the, the best in those players last night?
3: Um, personally, I think it's when teams come uh, and try to attack us. Um, in fairness to Birmingham, the first sort of 15, 20 minutes was pretty even. Um, and then I think Ryan Woods come on as a substitute and play very well in midfield and we started to control and take over the midfield and we started to dominate position um, and we're a sort of team that, that once we got possession of the ball we will create chances um, particularly uh, Birmingham were quite open um, a lot of teams have come down to Griffin Park this season and they sat back and that's personally where I think sometimes we struggle where you've seen the likes of Derby and Preston sometimes they put ten men behind the ball um, and they're difficult to break down. With Birmingham, they were a little bit too open um, and perhaps a little bit naive. Um, and, and and once the second goal went in, uh, we, we scored just before half-time. And I think that was a bit of a game-changer. Um, but for, for me, overall, the front three, the passing, the movement was fantastic. And, and I've been coming to Brentford now 30-odd years. And this is probably it's up there with Warburton's team. And it's probably the best Brentford squad as a whole of 18 or group of players that that we have. Um, So it's a fantastic night, though. It's a fantastic night. And watching with Birmingham, we go back to the 90s where, you know, we finished second that season and we were doing really well. We had a player um, called Nicky Forster. Um, I woke up this morning and I was struggling to remember such a one-sided game. And then I remember we beat Plymouth 7-0 don't know if you remember, Dave, in yep. the mid-90s and a player on that score sheet there was Nicky Forster and I'm sure that he set up many of those goals in the seven-goal uh, victory. Uh, unfortunately, Birmingham City come along and what happened? Nicky Forster signed for Birmingham City. So for me, it wasn't just about the three returning players. As a lifelong supporter of Brentford, Birmingham had kind of been... Our sort of uh, nemesis, if you like, yeah, yeah.
2: and you know, I, I agree with what you just said there. Actually, you know, um, for the first fifteen, twenty minutes, Birmingham did give it a bit of a go, and they, they, you know, they could have had a penalty. I've not, I've not seen that replayed, um, but I think there was something in the Birmingham City team that, in their mind, that they they wanted to come and show that they weren't an awful team, but in the end, they came away with. Their pants pulled down. You know, they 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 were too open. They weren't good enough, man man for man, individually, collectively, to to compete with Brentford. That's not that's not that's not sort of blowing smoke up it. It's that's that's a fact. They just weren't good enough. You know, so what 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 must harley Dean and yotta and and Colin think you know forget the money you know forget forget that you know it's only so much yeah i'm earning a fortune i don't really care, of course they care. they wanted to come back and they 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 weren't up for losing five nil last night so what what kind of what, what what do you think they made of the reception and what what do you what do you think that they
3: make of their move now? Well, that's a very good question. Um, I mean, obviously, modern football, though, unfortunately, money does tend to come into it, Dave. So we we can't ignore that completely. But I think at the time of leaving, Harley Dean said that he was up for a new challenge. Um, And I think looking back, we didn't win our first eight or nine games of the season. And because the the season opened and the transfer market um, or window was still open. um, And I think that was a little bit disruptive to, to the squad as a whole. Uh, no attached to, to players that actually want to uh, move on, um, and, and I understand, you know, if an employer comes along and offers you three or four times your salary, uh, it's going to be a very tempting offer. But the problem with big clubs now, and I'm not just specifically talking about Birmingham because we're playing Leeds on Saturdays, and probably another good example, is they demand instant success, and they don't seem to give their managers very much time, and. The problem with that is if, if you're a player and, 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 and a manager comes out and says, I really want you, come and play for me and I'll give you this, this and this. And then after a couple of months, things, you know, it takes a while to bed in or settle down. And the club or, or the owner of the club or whoever um, turns around and says, right, you, you, you're underperforming as a manager, you're out and I'm going to bring someone else in. You then kind of have to start all over again, um, and I think that's pro- part of, of the problem that, that maybe Birmingham City have got. is It's like at the end of the evening, they're saying, oh, sack the manager, sack the manager. But I, personally, I think their problems might run a bit deeper than just the manager. Um, but going back to, to your question, to answer your question, I think privately, he'd probably regret moving. Um, but professionally, I mean, where does he go from here? Um, no,
2: yeah, but not not necessarily like thinking too far forward. But you know, in last night, you know, mm. it, it must have really hurt.
3: Oh yeah, I mean, um, you know, you can see by the look of the the, the guy's face that he, he was very upset when he left the pitch. Um, having said that, you know, respect to Harley because he did remain quite professional. I, I believe he came over and shook Peter Gillum's hand, etc., um, which is the right thing to do. Um, so in that respect you know a bit of respect to Harley but yeah we did give him a hard time and of course we did because uh, the, the so-called 10 times better comment I think kind of got to a lot of Brentford fans um, you know and that kind of got under our skin as well you know so perhaps he regrets that that comment um, but yeah it's, it's obviously you know uh, no disrespect to Birmingham but you, you know I, I believe and, and people will throw this back at me that the football league table doesn't lie um, And they're closer to League One than they are the Premiership. Uh, And that is a fact. Um, They could go down. They've got a big game on Saturday against Barnsley. And that is a big, big game for them. And uh, they could go down. And if they go down, well, you know, where does that leave them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I was speaking to a couple of Brum fans back in the pub afterwards. Very, very awkward because all I, all I wanted to do was really just laugh and, and, and have fun. It was difficult. I, you know, I didn't want to have to stifle my ex- uh, my enjoyment and my my celebrations. Uh, so I wasn't rubbing their noses in it too much. But you know, there's a chance they won't go down. Still, there's you know, Sunderland. I will. We told them, we reassured them. Sunderland are, are still worse, I think. Burton, although they won last night, you know, it's it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Before we actually go on to the song, the song that everyone was singing, everyone was talking about today, um, social media social media before was was great afterwards was just absolutely incredible. The words Harley Dean were trending. Um, there was uh, some amazing video clips taken all the way around the ground but, uh, including from the away end. Um, there was some just brilliant banter going on. Uh, what, what stood out for you, uh, Robin? What, what, what did you enjoy the most? Um,
4: on the social media side, I... I, I... I think it was about an hour after the game. I looked, I checked Twitter, and hashtag Harley Dean had I, th- I think it was something around the 700 tweet mark, which you know is absolutely extraordinary. Um, there was some fantastic material on there, though. Uh, there was a GIF. Um, it, was, it was a short video of um, a scam advert uh, with uh, the caption, "When Matthew Benham holds up the 12 million he got for th- the three players that sold to Birmingham." Uh, and it's a woman taking off her headset, saying, "See what I did there? That was a scam." And then it goes on with it goes on with a whole load of terms and conditions. Um, it was absolutely brilliant. Um, but what I would say as well on the social media side is, with regards to the, all the Harley Dean stuff, you know, he's a he's he's a grown man. I think you know this should all this will all just be taken as good banter in the end. It's 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 deserved, I think, because I don't. I'm a big believer that you don't let down the club that gave you the, all the opportunities in the fashion that he did. Um, don't, you know? at the end of the day what the best thing about it is that um, we've got all this social media to be able to see immediately after the game clips of Harley Dean walking off the pitch and the Birmingham Fair players walking off the pitch and Brentford fans jubilantly celebrating an, an amazing 5-0 victory um, so the scam thing was one of my favourites um, but literally just the simple videos of just watching Brentford players walk around the ground you know with absolutely beaming and seeing the fans responding in kind and, and applauding so yeah like the, the funny stuff was great, but I just got so much pleasure and joy out of watching you know, and reliving the moment where the final whistle went and the Brentford, fans, Brentford players did a lap of honor. So
2: yeah, I, 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 as well, you know, there was lots of, the, the simple stuff sometimes is the funniest as far as I'm concerned. There were, thankfully, there didn't seem to be too much kind of gratuitous kind of f- effing and blinding and, and direct insults to him. I don't think that was needed. The result kind of did that anyway. No, so not necessary.
4: It's, the, what's necessary is the, the, f- the fun side of it and having, and having fun with it. Because at the end of the day, that's what Brentford had uh, on the pitch yesterday. They had fun with it.
2: And there's only, there was literally a handful of kind of uh, redneck blues fans that were kind of stalwarts and they were digging and digging and digging bigger and bigger holes for himself by trying to just sort of like trot out the usual teams like Brentford the you can't even fill your chicken shed of a stadium yeah. and the, the, the best one you know one of them was going on about is the size of the crowds the size of the ground and the, the, you know, the funny one that made me laugh the most was a Brentford fan that said you know you must celebrate your, you know, your attendance figure announcements like we, we celebrate goals mm-hmm. and you know this all that sort of famous By association with, we're. We've got a big club. We've got a better history. It's all twaddle, really. What I will say to that is, and
4: that's a message to any fans that have uh, on Twitter and on social media that have ever, have ever done that. Keep doing it, by all means. Keep on doing it, and you will keep on having to do that because you will keep on being let down. Because hashtag teams like Brentford, or as, as the Sunderland mascots associated, teams like Brentford Town. That was quite funny. Um, teams like Brentford will will surprise you, so by all means, keep doing it. That's what
2: I would say. So let's talk about the song, um, "Cheer Up, Harley Dean." It was sung after Sunderland on the on the train back from Sunderland into Newcastle. It was quite a quite a quite a knees up. Um, we obviously sung it after each goal. We, we sang it up at St Andrews, you know, "Cheer Up, Harley Dean." Um, I won't sing it all. It's not. It's not fair. You heard it last night. Um, it was to the to the tune of "Daydream Believer" by the Monkees, um, an absolute classic. And the, the twist on it is normally sung about Scottish managers. To be fair, but <laughs> it's um, it's, uh, it's 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 been morphed into a Harley Dean song. Um, we were enjoying it, of course, but none of us actually expected it to be played over the tannoy. Um, I kind of twigged it early on. I heard the first few bars and I thought, no, they're, they're not actually going to do this, are they? And in, in the end, I looked around and there's people just crying, laughing. Um, it, it was it was a special moment. It was a, an hilarious moment. Um, and then they played it again at the final whistle, which, again, I didn't quite believe they were doing it. And all three sides of the ground that wasn't, you know, which was had the home fans in it, were... Absolutely bellowing their lungs out um, with e- with every single word sung at full velocity um, it 's kind of it hasn 't got massively criticized that would be un- unfair. One or two people have raised a legitimate question um, uh, saying that it showed a lack of class. Um, should Brentford be doing that? Should Brentford be whipping up and taunting and getting involved in that level of kind of um, Encouraging fans to get behind or get against certain players or certain teams. Should that literally just be... um, Should that just sort of happen organically from the terraces? Or are are we reading too much into it? Should we just kind of just say, oh, who cares? On a night like tonight, what on earth are we worrying about that kind of gubbins? But I guess sometimes, you know, you... Sometimes bad mistakes get, get lost in the euphoria and it can come back to bite us. So let's, let's, let's just talk about that fairly briefly because I don't want any of this to dilute what is probably one of the best nights of football I've seen at Griffin Park in all my time as being a Brentford fan. Um, that is one of the nights that I'll always remember when we're not there anymore. But ringing over the t- playing over the tannoys as loud as you can, a song that is encouraging players to abuse one of your former players... Is that a done thing?
4: I think it's got the potential to be blown out in proportion. What I will say is this: is you see, stor- you see certain stories within the whole of football that news- within newspapers and over, you know, word of mouth and all this kind of thing. A lot of these stories are of players that are cheating, players that um, are, there's a lot of stories of violence across the, of, in, within the football within the football parameters all across the world, and you know, fans scrapping and all this kind of thing. A song was played over a tannoy at the end of a game that was attributed to a player who left a club. I think that's all it is. Now, people can take it in one way or or another. I saw it as a very good, very just a simple piece of banter. I think Harley Dean's a big boy. I think he knows that's what it was, and I wouldn't read too much into it if I was was
2: him or if I was a Birmingham fan, to be quite honest. And I think, yeah, I think it was a, a good joke, but that'll be it. They did follow it up with, it's all about the money, 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 so there was, there was clear, it, was, it was clearly rehearsed.
4: Uh, yeah, I, I didn't hear that, to be quite honest. I was too busy. Yeah, uh, yeah it was. Yeah, um, Nigeria, right? right, well, it was. again, it, it, I think it's open to interpretation. I wouldn't I wouldn't just myself not Just to... coincidence? Probably not a coincidence. I mean, when you, when you put it that way, I think I, um, I Need a Dollar by Allo Black was playing as well. So, you know, all, all these have a certain <laughs> thematic <laughs> consistency given the, given the occasion.
2: Uh, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into it. They also did play "Mr. Blue Sky" by ELO, which is one of uh, their anthems. So maybe they were balancing that out and trying to get them to say. It. Anyway, is that political political correctness gone mad for us to kind of try and wrap someone over the knuckles for for something that so many people enjoyed?
3: Um, I think sometimes there's a fine line between abuse and banter, and uh, I'd go along um, that I, it was it was banter. Um, I think it does it could be taken out of context. Um, I'm not quite sure the reasons as to how and why it came about because I'm not involved in the in the backroom staff um, a lot of this music is actually uh, I understand a lot of it is um, pre-requested um, so it may have been requested by fans so-called so it may well be uh, that the guy that does the music uh, I don't know him or her actually uh, it could be a her um, <clears throat> I don't know them um, and i don 't know if they knew what 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 was kind of uh, the
2: implications of what
3: it. the implications were, yeah, yeah, um but looking back, I think to play it twice because I played it at half time and it was a bit kind of amusing then, but to play it again you, you know you 're kind of almost rubbing someone 's face in it, um, but you know Harley is a strong character, um, he was in the team, obviously when we Lost to Doncaster and you can see him on the pitch, he was absolutely distraught that day. Uh, I went to the Brentford end of season dinner uh, which was in between the playoffs and I saw the determination of, of that guy um, and, and the Brentford team then to, to kind of come back and, and, and from from that and I, I think uh, he'll learn from that and life's about learning and, and, and moving on sometimes.
2: Well, you know, I, I, I liked it, I enjoyed it, and uh, I just hoped that they would have another, well, like a Brentford, Brentford band, status quo. They should have also played Down, Down, Deeper and Down at the end, um, just, to, just to round it off. Anyway that's the end of songgate um, you know I think you all have your opinions on that and uh, I think ultimately we ought to just like have a laugh and take take it in the spirit hopefully it was meant and if it was meant anything more sinister then who cares it was it was a proper laugh we're not going to do it every week more importantly though brilliant win against the blues great win against Sunderland, six points on the spin that really does get things back on track in terms of we've reeled in those that that kind of little bit of distance that we'd lost in the, in the you know in the, in the last couple of well the last month really um so yeah we we we're we're, we're, th- we're three points away from uh, the, you know, being in the top six—it's very tight up there. Um, we go to Leeds on Saturday, so we're after this twang. We're just going to talk, really, you know, about whether it's realistic, unlikely, probable that we're going to not only just get ourselves back in contention, but actually finish in that top six. It doesn't really matter who the opposition is at this stage of the season. If we're going to just start picking up more and more points, we just need to just focus on getting as many games, many points out as, as many games as we can. We've been looking at as like, as like you haven't, we, we understand that everyone's kind of glued to that league table at the moment, working out what could happen if we win here, um, how many points we need and where we're going to pick up as the points that we need throughout the rest of the season to, to sort of make the ending as, as dramatic or as interesting as possible. What, what is obvious, though, is we're not a million miles off um, being a proper, proper playoff contender. Obviously, he's only three points. We've uh, we've got, been going through the the points we've achieved so far. Um, Matt, you would we you, we just worked out we work, we're averaging one point five one points per game. Yeah. Um, it, we carry on like that, we're still not going to be there. So we need to step it up a, another notch now.
3: Yeah, we do need to step it up in in terms of consistency and results. Um, I think the first eight games has obviously dragged us down because I think we only got four points from the first eight games. So if we take the first eight games out, a run of form obviously would put us higher up the table for points per game ratio. However, we are where we are. Uh, Moving forward, we've got 13 games remaining. Um, We're kind of saying we we think maybe eight or nine wins could be there or thereabouts. It's going to come very, very close, but also depends, I think... um, of who those wins are against. So uh, we've still got to play teams uh, in and around and above us. Uh, For example, uh, we've still got Cardiff at home, who are obviously pushing for top two. We have to play Middlesbrough, who we can't rule out, as we know. Uh, We've still got Sheffield United to come. Um, And we've got Bristol City away, which is a very interesting game, actually, Um, because Bristol City, obviously playing Fulham tonight, um, but they, they're they currently in sixth place So they're the team we're really kind of chasing But we're also tracing the teams that I've just mentioned Middlesbrough and Sheffield United And we've still got to play them So we can take points off them
2: And we've got to play Fulham uh,
3: Yes of course we've got to play the uh, informed team of Fulham away uh, Which is going to be a very very tough game Because we know they're a very talented side uh, They're a very good side But uh, like us they like to play football Which suits us fine so
2: they're playing each other tonight, so Fulham are currently drawing 1-0 with Bristol City. So we, we could do with that staying 1-0, really, couldn't we? Uh, is
3: it 1-1 now, is it? At the moment, yeah. OK, excellent, yeah.
2: Bristol
3: City just equalised. At the moment, yeah. OK, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I would take that personally, I would take that, because they're dropping two points. Um you know, so
2: what, so what, you know, what we you know what we said was we averaged point five a game five points a game for those first eight games. Mm. If one of those defeats had been a draw, and one of those one of those draws had been a, a win, yeah. we would be in the playoff positions as as we as we stand at the moment. That was quite, that's kind of the fine margins of of our season. You yeah. know we we were playing fairly well but not getting the results. Yeah. Um, what we don't really need is a, is a load of draws. We need other people to be drawing, and, and, or drawing or losing, taking points off of each other,
3: and we need to just crack on with the wins. Yeah, we do need to win. Uh, I think we need, personally, I think we need nine wins uh, to be there or thereabouts, which is going to be tough. Um, but I think given the current form of the team and, and, and the potential there, I, I also think that we've become a bit more... I don't like to use the term streetwise, but we're a bit tougher now. At the start of the season, I think we were conceding some slightly uh, sloppy goals, maybe against the runner play. Ipswich being a good example. Um, but I think as well, we toughened up in defence. Um, you know, we got Mepham as well. I think Egan's come back into the team, play played quite well. Uh, Belgians as well really leadership for, from him and experience. Um, I think we 've got a tougher defense, so you know the, the one plus point that we haven 't mentioned tonight was okay, we scored seven goals uh, in the last two games, but we didn 't concede um, so I think personally we 've stopped giving away uh, silly goals, and the game we lost obviously at Norwich that was a, that was a wonder goal you, you, sometimes you 've got to, uh, this level of football you 've got to take your hat off to to the opposition and say yeah that 's a really good goal well done um, that 's a very difficult goal to stop the Norwich goal but Uh, In terms of mistakes, I think we cut out the mistakes and I think we become a little bit more ruthless in front of goal, um, despite the fact, obviously, we lost uh, v Robin, um,
2: we shouldn't be overly thinking uh, as a club or as fans. We literally should just be doing and concentrating on our strengths. Our strength is attacking, our strength is going for it, really, really cranking up the pressure, cranking up the chances. We... Created, you'll tell me now how many shots from inside the area last night. It was an incredible amount of shots. It was it twenty, twenty-one, twenty-one shots from inside the area? Which means, you know, by the very nature of that, you're closing on goal. You're gonna, you are probably gonna score goals. You know, so should we just literally sit back? And watch these players just go for it, you know. Take a gamble, attack, attack, attack. You know, we've we've not. It's not like we're in the playoff places already, you know, like Bristol City or you know or Preston have been or Sheffield United. They're like frantically looking over their shoulder. They're going to get nervous, mm. you know. It, it's it coming to that crunch bit of the season. We're sitting pretty, you know. We're 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 starting to pick up points again. We're playing great football again. More um, pace scoring. Again, you know, should we start to or should we be getting excited? Basically,
4: I'm already excited. I don't need to. I don't need to sort of get excited. Um, I think you know, considering considering the stats that that Matt's collated, um, you know, 21 shots from inside the box is a measure of the team we were playing on uh, on uh, last night on Tuesday. Uh, but, you know, Birmingham, as has already been alluded to, is the first team I can remember that didn't come to Griffin Park and s- stick the entire. Uh, Team of eleven players behind the ball. Um, the key for me is we don't. Our expectation has been to just get to the playoffs, and now we are chasing it. And I, don't, I tell you what, I'd much rather be chasing it than sitting there hoping, trying not to lose it. If you think about it, the logical, the logic behind it is, the teams that are say in third, fourth, fifth position are going for automatic promotion to the Premiership. Now, if they don't get there, that means they have missed that opportunity and have to settle for the playoffs. Whereas if you're if you sneak in in sixth place, logic takes you're going to have that momentum. You've you've achieved what you wanted to achieve from the position you were in. Um, it's the same, you know, in distance running. You, you know, you, you constantly see runners at the front of the group, and then someone comes from behind and steals it at the end. It's you know, I, I'm I'm in a very very optimistic, positive position about the fact that we've got something to chase and a bunch of hungry young players with a point to prove. Um, we've already alluded to the eight games at the start of the season. Started slowly again. That's just, I think that's that's symptomatic, and of of our season is that we've just grown and grown and grown. And I think that losing those three players uh, to Birmingham on transfer deadline day it disrupted the sort of the setup of the team. I wasn't convinced by Egan as captain. I wasn't convinced by Unaros as captain material. They've both proved me wrong. I wasn't convinced we had the players to step up. They've all proved me wrong. Um, I'm in a very, very optimistic position moving forward. The players have the talent. Uh, I think the manager's got a real drive uh, really behind him. Uh, I think Dino's done a very good job this season of getting the best out of the players he's got. We've got Judge just coming back into fitness. We've got Marcondes, who hasn't had the, the opportunity to show what he can do yet. And we've got Malpay back in form. And it's, it's just a really optimistic time. I think the players should just sit there in that dressing room every day and in the, on the training ground and just say, let's just go for it. 'Cause the worst thing that happens is we get another season in the championship.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right, it's tantalizing. Um you don't. You, you know. You, you're right again. You, you don't want to be looking over your shoulder. You you want you want to have that that prize just just there, almost tantalising, not quite, almost not out not out of reach. It's just there. You can go and grab it. And uh, you know, it, it, we see what the results are tonight. But you know, as long as the the teams above us aren't pushing, you know, they haven't sort of capitalised on having an extra game on us tonight. Then you know, we, we go to Leeds thinking if we could win that, then we we could be in the playoff positions or again, or just a point or two outside, and then you know well, I've said it quite frequently in the in the latter part of uh, you know since since probably the late late autumn into the winter, really it's the draws that really hurt you the most. You know if you can win win two lose one. Win three, lose one. Win two, lose one. You know, yeah, I, I can't see us going through last final 13 games winning them all. Mm. You are, we are going to lose and we are probably going to draw, but not so many draws, please. Wins wins, and not so many losses. But on that
4: point, um, I think you, you mentioned sort of the draws and the general sort of expectation of we're not going to win every game. And I, I, I don't think we're, we're going to either. But I was in my local pub uh, before the Birmingham game and I got um, just doing some work um, from a day job and um, just got a chatting to a couple on the table next to me called Cheryl and Phil uh, who lived down the south coast and and commuted just specifically for this game Uh, and the the phrase he used which I think is quite good is I'd put us against any team except Wolves and when you start decoding that phrase it's not talking about beating these teams it's not talking about getting something from these teams it's talking about putting 11 players against 11 players and seeing what happens and I I think that's what we've got to look forward to Um, we will draw games Um, and that will hurt us, but we were hurt by the the opening eight games, and the more we look at that, the more we're going to think, oh, if only we'd done that. The, the, The ethos now should be drive, drive forward. I say it every game about 15 times, so...
2: Matt, we had last night a stunning bench. We have players there that can come in and replace players that are kind of coming slightly off the boil Um, we have uh, enough probably attacking flair that can cope with suspension and maybe an injury heaven forbid we don't get any Um, how on earth do we keep Alan Judge, Marcondes, and Canos happy. How do we keep them motivated? Or is that obviously they will be because they want They they want to be in that team. They're going to buzz off what's going on on the pitch, and they just they're eager. They this this is when a team really comes together.
3: Yeah, I think um, just just to answer that point very briefly. Um, obviously, we've got Malkundis. Um I understand he scored seventeen goals uh, in the Danish Super League and has got ten assists, which. Uh, it might be 18 goals i think it's 17 i'm not sure um, but he's got ten assists so he's obviously a very very good player uh, but if you look he was warming up um to come on last night and if you look when he was on the on on the uh, warming up on the touchline uh, brentford i think scored the third or uh, the fourth goal and you look at the reaction of that player and he went over to congratulate uh, the the goal scorers and and the team so he obviously wants to be involved he obviously wants um, yeah, he's probably personally, privately or professionally, he's probably disappointed to be not starting. Of course he would be. But, you know, it's, he's a professional. Uh, we've signed him for a reason. Uh, he will get a chance, he'll get an opportunity because somebody may get injured, uh, somebody may get sent off, um, you know, especially in the modern game. Um, so he'll get a chance, he'll get a chance to show what he can do. Uh, he's just got to be a little bit patient and I'm sure that Dean, this is where Dean Smith's people management skills... Now, Dean Smith has always struck me as a person that has a good people management skills. Um, and if you look uh, at Morpay, for example, the miss at Cardiff, uh, where he was ridiculed uh, uh, on social media and, and in, in, in the general f- sort of football world, um, and that, that would have taken a strong manager to, to, to put his arm around Morpay and say, look, don't worry about it, son, look, you know, crack on, you, you're doing well, you know, just go for the next one. And, and we see, you know, slowly more players' confidence come back. And I think with Dean Smith as well, uh, he is a manager. He seems to be developing uh, professional, uh, professionally, in my opinion, uh, which is very good for us as a club. Um, so I, I think that, he, you know, Dean Smith, he will keep the whole squad happy. And obviously, Alan Judge, it's quite hard when you're winning, if you're on the subs bench, to kind of go knock on the door and say, you've got to play me. Because the first thing I managed manager say, well, hang on a minute, we're winning, um, so why should, I, what you know, what you know, why why should you be in the starting eleven? But I think uh, Alan Judge is an experienced pro as well, so he brings a lot of experience as well. We have got a very young side, um, and Judge, you know, he's he's been out of the game for the last 18 months, maybe two years, but he, he, he will again when he gets a chance, he show what what he can do. Um, And again, it comes down to Dean Smith's people management skills.
2: We've seen what Dean Smith does. He seems to start the next game with as an an unchanged team as he possibly can if they win. So we obviously, we're probably going to see Woods start instead of McEachran. That would be, that would be, what what's been the for the pattern he's going to be, he's be, be following you know over the recent weeks? Are you happy with that, or do you think he should be rotating more anyway? Do you know is is, is what you know? Of course, why would you why would you dabble with that team? But are we? Is it about time we saw more of Morcondes? Has, has he waited on the wings long enough? Is it, is it is Flojo seems to have gone to a different level this last couple of games? So he's you know having players breathing down his neck seems to have had the desired effect. You know, should we just be should we carry on with that, or do you think you know it's, it's time to give Jarji a start or more more Condes a start?
4: Well, you know, you can bring out the cliches of if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, and you know you don't change your winning formula and all that kind of thing. Um, I think um, as a fan from, who looks at it from Ealing Road and fantasizes about what kind of footballer he yeah about what kind of footballer he'd be and what kind of team he should play, Dean Smith sees these players a hell of a lot more than we do. Um, he knows what happens in training, he knows what happens in, uh, you know, in the warm-ups, he knows what happens in the dressing room, and we don't have access to that. So I trust his judgement in terms of the players he plays and the opportunities that he gives. I think if I was going to have a slight... Not, not disappointment from yesterday, because the, there wasn't anything disappointing about yesterday, um, what I would have done differently yesterday... Um, would I'd have would been I'd have brought on Judge and Marcondes a bit sooner, just because at three 0 I don't think we would have uh, I think still still think we would have scored two more goals, um, and I think that was a really good opportunity for players like Marcondes and Judge to get instead of you know fifteen twenty minutes to get half an hour and just that extra ten minutes just to show what they can do because Marcondes looked classy when he came on him and Alan Judge were thinking play up very very well. Um, so I, I I wouldn't change anything about the starting eleven too much uh, um, too much from his ethos of as you say start the first start the next game as you finish the first
2: game in terms of the starting eleven. Um, Alan Judge, to talk about him just for a, a couple of minutes, it, he must be delighted. The manager must be delighted. The physios and the, the medical staff they must all be delighted that not only is he coming back and you know not looked to have any. Setbacks at all. He's he's been integrated back into the team slowly. I think he was frustrated slightly about you know the speed he was, but I think the 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 the, the schedule has been spot on. I think he's he's proved that he's, he's strong um, and he, he's robust again. He's involved. He's confident. He's buzzing around that football pitch. He looks pretty much like the old Alan Judge you know we think we were all you know he needs to get more match fitness and they will get that with starts but you know I, I don't see him a million miles away from, from out as he was before he got injured that must be a massive massive relief for him and, and obviously the
3: club yeah it's a massive bonus to have Judgey back um, I, 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 I've never met the guy but I'm told he's a very infectious character um, to come back from a major injury like he, like he, he has he, he shows what a strong character that he has um, I, I understand he had three operations because that's how bad his injury was and I was there at Ipswich, personally, couldn't believe how the guy didn't get sent off but, you know, but that's it, you know um, but it's it's very upsetting for him at the time because obviously he was on the verge of getting in the Ireland team um, in, international recognition, etc., it's a major setback for him and for him to come back and, and uh, train as hard. I understand he's done a lot of work in the gym um, and a lot of work on the football pitch as well. And, and yeah, I think he's, he's, he's getting very, very close. He's getting very, very close, and, and we know what good player he is. Yeah. What I would say is this as well I think, I think the fact that Ju- Alan Judge has come back
4: into the team has had a huge effect on the performances of players like Sawyers and Makopcha in the field. I think in the past couple of months, since the room, since sort of words started getting out that he was back in training, he was doing light training, he was doing contact training, he was doing full training. That's that sort of trend has, I think, had a correlation between with Sawyer's suddenly becoming the assist machine. Um, if I, if you think back to when, as well, and just on the subject of Marcondas as well. Um, If you think back to when Scott Hogan left And Lasse-Vibé stepped up and started scoring all the goals That again has had a desired effect on Malpe Lasse-Vibé's left and Malpe's come into form I think having these players And having such a good squad um, Across the board, across the 18 Of 11 starters and the the bench With players like Judge It is, even if he's not playing And it must be frustrating for him As much as he'd like
2: It's having a good effect on the team So um, so we've obviously talked about, we've contrasted the Preston game from the Birmingham City game last night. Fine margins, We, it, it, it's basically really, if you've got three or four influential players playing at 90% instead of 75%, that takes us to a different level. You know, I have not... Criticised is probably the wrong word. I've kind of questioned um, Flojo's place, starting place a couple of times. He has... Prove without any shadow of a doubt what a great player he is at Brentford Football Club. In the last couple of games, he is—he is. What I don't know what's caused it, but he's—he's—he's he's, he's notched his game up. We've got—we've got Macotcho. Um, got, um, We—he—he we, he, he seems general. To, he's, yeah, the general. He got a goal at Sunderland. He—he's he, starting to the last couple of games. He's playing really, really well. Canos, he got sent off. He got sent off. He had started to show what he was made of, hopefully he can come back and continue that but obviously we 've got more pay more pay there was a lot of question marks over him, people saying he was like uh, having an ashtray on a moped um, you know he, 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 you know there's uh, it's been people saying that uh, you know he's you know he 's rubbish he 's this he 's that, and you know and that 's not to say well, you know he shouldn 't be criticized but you know, we've said a lot that you know he needs time to bed in. He started off scoring a lot of goals. He didn't really know all the patterns of play, which you know the DLFs talk about a lot. You know, he he needed time and space and and to, to bed down and just be confident in his in his place and his worth. You know, more pay. How you know? Obviously, we wish we hope he's continues scoring. But you know, is is he in your eyes? He, has he as he put all his kind of bad luck behind him now?
4: Three months ago, I was. I was saying, just drop him, and I'm not ashamed to admit that I was I'd 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 had enough. But when you actually consider the finer things, how many 20 or 21 year olds, or people that are listening to this, think back to when you were 20, 21 years old, and you didn't speak any French, would you have gone to France? It's a huge step. That's what Phil and Cheryl were saying in the pub yesterday before the game. It's such a huge step. And I don't think people give him enough credit for that, is that he's moved from a country, uh, he's moved across to a, another, a, a country which is his second language, um, into a team that he's never played with before, in a league that he's never played before, a different style of football, a different ball game, no pun intended. And he's adapted to that. I'm so happy to be so wrong. Because he is really the, and I know it's only a couple of games, and we shouldn't count our chickens yet. But I'm really, really pleased for him. It's not
2: about being right or wrong with these players, because no one's got a crystal ball. No, no one can foresee three or six months, year yep. down the line. The same we couldn't ever have done that with with Andre Gray or mm. or, or Lasae Vibe. But sometimes you just kind of got to give them the the chance. You know, you're right. It's gonna for all the reasons you've just said. You know, very elo- eloquently and very correct. You know, it is a big big ask for such a young kid to to come over here and play at in the most competitive league arguably you know in Europe if not if if not the world and you know it, it, you've got to have all these question marks whether whether you're good enough you know after missing that chance you've got social media giving you such a such a shitty time then um, you know it, it's going to knock you so Getting that bit of luck for the Brentford's fourth goal last night, I know in the end it wasn't credited to more Pay, it was credited as an own goal. I think it might have been going wide, but he got that bit of luck where it hadn't been... Getting that luck before, you know, he, uh, at Cardiff, he, he could have knocked it going wide, and the defender may have kicked it in trying to clear it. You know that didn't happen. Um, but it, it seems that hopefully, you know, the couple of back hills he's got fairly recently, the one at Sunderland was just beautiful. So um, you know, hopefully, he'll now go on. He's got the monkey off his back, and he, he can he can be confident. In his, in his in his place in his starting eleven. So we have got a lot of attacking flair. Are you confident that we've got enough cover at the back, Matt?
3: Well, I look at, uh, look at the back uh, four at the moment. Um, obviously, we brought Barbe back yesterday, which is a great move uh, by, by Dean Smith, actually. Uh, it's a bit of a gamble, but it's paid off and it, it's nice to see. Uh, obviously, Barbe brings a bit more height to, to the team, so he's a bit stronger in the air than maybe Clark. Um, Clark's obviously very uh, quick on the ball. He's very skillful. Uh, and he, he probably goes down as a as a as a wing back. Clark is probably better going forward. But Barbe, his distribution sometimes is top is top top class. And you see the way he switches the ball. And uh, you mentioned um, Joverson about the patterns of play there. That was pretty key if you look um, last night into some of the attacks. But the cover at the back, obviously, we have got Young Mepham coming through. Um, we have got Egan. Uh, and we got Belgian. Belgian really, for me, has stepped up. And I think, personally, looking back for when he first signed, and I think he made his debut against Oxford, if I remember rightly, mm. and he got injured. Uh, and, and people blamed the pitch or whatever. Um, but, you know, he was out for a very long time and he struggled with his fitness. And then when he came back, he looked like, oh, he looked, people saying he was very slow, this guy, isn't he? You know, he was getting done for pace. But now I think he's coming back to his full fitness. He's obviously pushing for a place in the World Cup for Denmark. He's obviously a very good footballer because he always has a lot of time on the ball. And uh, he's very good at taking the ball off Bentley and distributing it through the midfield. We play from the back now. And we've got some very good players. Um, unfortunately, we've got uh, Nico Henry's out injured for a long term. But we've got cover there with Barbe. Uh, Josh Clark can play right on the right side or the left side as well. Um, and Dalsgaard. Dalsgaard actually when I first saw Dalsgaard I was a bit sceptical. he's a bit too far attacking for me and he, he you know he likes to maybe he can't get back and cover, but yeah, he's quick. Um he's fairly good in the air, he's fairly strong, um, and certainly uh well Yotta Yotta uh, didn't get the better revive of Dalsgaard or, or Barbe last night. So um and we know how good Yota can be. Yes, he's lost his confidence, but we're not here to talk about that. Um, but to answer your question, uh, you know, what's quite pleasing is is the fact that we turned down the offer, alleged offer, uh, from Bournemouth, uh for, for Meppham for several million pounds. I think going back, and we, we talk going back to sort of I don't want to dwell on it, but going back sort of even ten years ago, we would a bitten in someone's handle for that. Mm. But we can see now we got long-term investment, we've got long-term vision in the club. Personally, I don't think that's widely recognised in, in, in the outside football world yet, just yet, although people are slowly coming round to it. But, you know, we can see, actually, this guy, we keep hold of him, he stays injury-free, we develop him. Obviously, we've got very good coaches. We've not mentioned our coaching staff tonight. Um, and we <coughs> mentioned patterns of play, and a lot of that comes down to coaching. And, and they must spend a lot of time on the training ground in Osterley and... Uh, I think we've got a very good record now of bringing bringing young players through, and we're developing them. And uh, I think, as you said on a previous podcast, you know, if you're a young player now, why would you go to somewhere like Chelsea? Come to Brentford. You know, we'll we we'll, we'll invest in you. We'll spend time, money. We'll we'll put um, investment in your education on and off the pitch, and uh, we'll we'll help you mature as a young professional person. And um, you know, if you're good enough, you'll make it into the first team. It's proven that with Josh Clark. Uh, Meppham's come into the team. We've got other youngsters as well. Yanaris is another example. There's a youngster that's come into the team. Um, and you'll get your opportunities. And uh, I think with Mepham, it's early days, but I think he's a future star in the making. Um, so the answer to your question is yes, I think we've got more than enough cover. We've also got a very good reserve goalkeeper, which we, we haven't really touched on.
2: Right, so we can talk until the cows come home about what's possibly going to happen, what will happen... Saturday is the next time the players go on the pitch, and that's when we find out how much closer we are gonna be Saturday at five o'clock. Are we gonna are we gonna continue this run? Are we gonna get a draw? Or are our leads champions of Europe are they are they gonna are they gonna kind of unpick us after you know they're gonna bring us down to earth after two great results? After this twang, we're gonna be talking leads. Going to Ellen Road, Leeds on Saturday. Um, we should be taking a fair few bees. I know it's expensive, but um, this I just, just, you know it's put a few people off rightly. Um, but there should still be a, a decent turnout there. But as you know, on Besotted, apart from the football, when we travel to these far-flung corners of the UK, we like to make the most of our day. We, we go there, we, we see the game of football we see the you know the nice pubs we sample some local beers but we also like to see a bit of the alternative side of wherever we are we want to sample something special when we go to these places um matt you know Leeds you've been there before I know you've been there before yeah. And I know that I've seen you in steam museums, and and, and, and we, we, we you know we 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 went we went brass rubbing with Harry Potter, didn't we? A couple of times. We we we, uh, we get up there early, and we, we do we do some, some some of the tourist stuff. So you know, we, and we, we don't like to do the same thing twice. So what, what's 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 caught your eye? But you know what you've, you know what, what you got planned for Saturday morning?
3: Well, in the morning, I, I'm going to get up, obviously, have a bit of breakfast, and then uh, take a tour of the uh, Emmerdale uh, film studios.
2: Emmerdale Film Studios. Mm. Is that from, like, Emmerdale, the, the TV show?
3: Yeah, 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 that's right, yeah. Emmerdale on ITV, apparently is second longest running soap on uh, British TV at the moment. And they allow people in there? Uh, apparently so, yeah, yeah. You can do the tour. Uh, apparently it takes about an hour and a half for the tour. And so ninety minutes. Ninety minutes. Mm. So a bit similar to the game. Ninety minutes. That's right. Yeah.
2: And um, how, how much is it to get into the Emmer- Emmerdale film studios?
3: Uh, I believe it's
2: about seventy nine quid. Seventy nine quid. So mm. that, that makes the game a, a bit of a bargain. Seventy nine quid for the film, yeah, and film studios, and, yeah. and, and thirty nine quid for, for Ellen Road. So that's that's a bit of a, makes Ellen Road a bit of a bargain, really.
3: Yeah, it does. I, I, you might get a DVD or some uh, something. Or some, to, maybe mm. some yeah, maybe some autographs as well. You and, know, you know, being a, is it full
2: of, you know, is it full of dirty
3: animals? Well, of course, uh, you know, it was originally Emmerdale Farm. But Leeds is quite famous for having dirty animals on on the pitch as well. Well, apparently, uh, before my time under uh, Mr. Reeve, is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was all, all before my time. OK, well, that's, that sounds really good. I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I've, got, I've
2: got, I think, something on my list that has been really like, bugging me. I really want to, it's on my bucket list, so I really want to do this. But I, I'm tempted to come to the old farm with you, mate. I like a farm. So, yes. yeah, So yeah. If, is there, can I come? With, is Harry Potter going as well?
3: Uh, I believe he will be there, yeah. Yeah, he's looking forward to seeing the pigs.
2: No comment with that. <laughs> so the, the the Robin Hood Saturday, you know, you're going to make a day of it. I know, yeah. you know, it's not all about before. You can probably come to the you, if you don't want to come with me, you can go to the farm with with um, with Matt and Harry. But you've got something. I know you've got something planned for the evening.
4: Yeah, like I, I don't I, with all due respect, Matt. I don't know why you'd waste your money on an farm. To be honest, you know it's, this this is an absolute steal. Um, you remember Uwe Rosler. Uh, One-time Brentford manager. Uh, rumour is, um, and this is just a rumour, that he's now working as a tour guide for Simply Ghost Nights. What's that, you, uh, I hear you ask? Well, you know... What, oh, sorry, what's that? <laughs> that is um, a, a ghost night, funnily enough. actually, uh, Basically, what it is, it's a, um, a really nice little um, ghost hunting tour of famous areas of Leeds. Um yeah, rumour is players. Um I think I think there's the ghost of Tumani Diagaragas lurking around there somewhere. Um uh, but it's basically from nine nine PM onwards. Okay, so you know you've you've been to the game, you've probably had a, enjoyed yourself. You've Brentford have had a fantastic victory. You've had a few pints, you think. Nine
2: nine pm. So
4: nine pm, yes. And um, how how much how much is this ghost this ghost tour? Oh mate, it's a steal, it's an absolute steal. Like eighty-five quid. Eighty-five quid? Eighty-five quid. It's an absolute bargain. Um you know, you get to see all the really nice areas of Leeds, you get to see Leeds Leeds Town Hall, the Temple Museum, um and you know, you get to vi- witness Victoria. In seances, table topping, uh, which is what Brentford are currently in the process. Ta- to table
2: do. topping sounds yeah. a bit dodgy. Uh,
4: yeah, um, table topping sounds a bit dodgy, but it depends on whether or not you're. Um, done,
2: apparently, uh, John Terry's mums <laughs> might be there.
4: Yeah, um, well, depends if John Terry's going to be there as well, to be quite honest. But. Um, yeah, it's, it's an absolute... It's, it's a brilliant well, experience, I reckon. I mean, That's what I'll be doing
2: in the evening. So, 70 how much? <laughs> 85, 85 pounds. Value. So, again, it makes 39, 30, 39 pounds sound a bit of a bargain at Ellen Road. So, you know, maybe we've got it wrong. Maybe Leeds I, is... I think, we've got, I think we've got it completely wrong. I well, think there's lots of stuff of value in Leeds. Well, in. I, I, don't fan, I, I don't fancy the ghosts. No, I, fancy the ghosts. I, I, don't, I do fancy the, the film, the Emmerdale thing... I want to go... It's called geocaching. It's a bit like orienteering, um, but with mobile phones. So you get sent a load of coordinates, um, and you you have to solve some puzzles and some clues in this forest that's just outside Leeds. And then you have to find these hidden objects and then replace them with prizes or or rewards of equal value. So... um, uh, so apparently, one of I know that there's a rumor that the European Cup is buried in this forest because they won it. Euro, Leeds won it, and they still keep it. They are still the current European champions, but they, because the European Cup has has been um, has been uh, been buried there, and I'm sure you're going to ask me how, how much that is as well.
4: Yeah, well, I was going to say like it, it's, it sounds it sounds
2: you know interesting, but what's the price of it? It's, um, it's it's eighty six quid. So it's a little bit more than your one. Eighty six quid. Yeah, and it's a little bit more than yours. But again, again, it does make Ellen Road sound mighty attractive. A, a, a steal, thirty nine pounds, thirty nine quid. So there you go. Um, if you're up in Leeds, you've got you've either got your, your your Emmerdale, you've got your Ghost Tours, or you've got your geocaching. Don't say that we don't tell you to do the best things there is to do on match days. So we're just looking at the results from the Wednesday night games. There's, I'm not going to do the old uh, classified results, but the, the, the standout ones there is probably from a, from a Brentford perspective is Bristol Bristol City one, Fulham one. Two teams that are currently above us. They've they've nicked points off of each other, so they've they've not they've not taken a march on us. Um, and then obviously Leeds United have uh, drawn with Derby County um, at Pride Park. So again, they're our they're our opponents on on Saturday. Leeds aren't. They're not in awful form are they they they've they they've, they've been really scrapping they've been they were two 0 down i think on on Saturday and they fought back and they, they got a two two draw um on their on their own patch and then a two two draw at derby is is not shoddy it seems like they can score they can see goals they score goals so it's going to it's going to be a, a it's going to be an eventful game on on saturday you've got two two teams that really do like to attack what are you what are you expecting Matt
3: um, I think we will uh, play uh, an attacking game. Um, I-, I think we'll probably name an unchanged team. Um, I-, I would expect Brentford to win
2: two-one. Two-one. It's going to be. Uh, it's, it's, it's one of those places you go to, and it's not often you come away and with, when your heart has not been in your mouth for a period of the game. The, the crowd at Ellen Road. Can crank it up if they go a goal up, then they, they, they can they, it can be intimidating it 's not you know they 're one of the very few of those bigger grounds that actually you know once once they get going you think you know jesus a, 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 some noise come in there robin this this Saturday it's important that we don 't lose. Can we go there and win
4: absolutely um, as um, as I was saying earlier. I think you know we can we can go toe to toe with anyone in this division. Uh, Wolves may be an exception just because they're absolutely running away with it. Um, the key for me is I think we need to start well. Start well on Saturday, silence the Ellen Road crowd, and um, and uh, yeah, and really take the game to them. I think Leeds, they've I think from what I know of them, they have a tendency to utilise their wide players, um, players like Alioski, Stuart Dallas, former Brentford player. Um, Samuel Saiz as well who f- was famously um, yeah, had, uh, had the thing with Barbe which I thought was absolutely hilarious and yeah I think it's brilliant uh, anyway getting back to the, the least thing I, th- yeah, I think a, a good start is important I'd love, a, I'd love a goal in the first 15 minutes just because I think it would give us a real motivation um, for the players as in yes we can go and win this game and also I think it would silence the Yellow Road crowd I always try and approach this kind of thing with cautious optimism uh, especially with this situation being at a with this game game being at a very big ground uh with what can be an intimidating atmosphere um so yeah i'm going to say 2-2 as my score prediction uh i'd love to say a win and i do hope i do really think we could win uh but i think I'm going to approach it with some cautious optimism, with a slight hint of pessimism, and
2: say, yeah, two-two. Two-two not a bad shout, actually. I, I think they're, they're, as I just said, you know, in the, in the intro to this little frag, um, this little section, you know, they're, they're two teams that, that that do like to attack. I, I would say as well, Brentford that they have tightened up the defence. It's, it's it's certainly um, a more more compact and a more organised back 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 three, back five, whatever it's going to be. So. Um, oh. It's a toughie. I'm going to go 2-1 win to Brentford, but equally, I'm, kind of, I'm not going to copy the draw. I think Le- Le- Leeds have got two 2-2s two, on the trot, two 2-2s two, on the trot, three 2-2s two, three, two, on the trot is not beyond the realms. But yeah, I'll go the win. Um, I, it, it literally depends if we take our chances. Again, we are going to create them. There's not one game this season. We haven't created a hatful of chances. We are going to do the same. It's just literally depending how, 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 how kind of clinical we are on that day. Um, after that, we've got another couple of toughies. We've got we've got Cardiff at home, and then we've got Burton away. Um, and then Millwall away. So you know, not and then Middlesbrough at home. So we've we've got, you know, after Leeds, Cardiff is going to be a, a, they, they've been grinding out results all season long and, and fair play to them, they've they they've rarely buckled. We need to we live but we need to go to um, Burton and, and, and take take maximum. No no one or very few people will forget that game last season at, at Burton. You know, is it the 5 six five, 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 five three? Three three, three one down at half time came back. An incredible, incredible day and an incredible
3: day's drinking was it, was it not? Very much so, very much so. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, little ground, actually, Burton. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful because people talk about Little Brentfords. But uh, we've got Little Burton. And I think they've got something like less than 3,000 to get home to Reading in the midweek game. But yeah, you know, it's one of the few grounds that you can go, stand on the terrace. And uh, yeah, they're very friendly people as well. Looking
2: forward to that again. Proper, proper footballing people. Proper football ground. Um, we're not gonna, we're not gonna get dragged into this teams like Burton. We should be going there and beating them. They're, they're there. They're in this. They're in this division for on merit. They're, they're battling away. They won last night. You know, they, they want to stay here. And you know, good luck to them. Apart from obviously when we play them. Um, going on to before we before we start banging on tables and, and doing the old come on your bees besides end of season social it is not bullshit to say to you that if you are not there if you have not secured yourself a ticket you will kick yourself what we've what we've set up is pretty phenomenal I have to say I know involved in, in setting it up but the the guests that we have secured, we will be. Um, he he's produced a video for us, um, and he we will be dropping this video next week. And I just laughed. I laughed so much. It was I laughed as much as a Birmingham City owned goal. If I'm honest with you, um, it, it is it's a thing of beauty. This this video, and we, we didn't film it. He he, he shot it himself. And um, yeah, I, I, I just I just can't wait for for it. So it's the 4th of May. It's at the Drayton Court Hotel in Ealing. Um, the early bird tickets are on sale still. You need to head to besotted.com. You need to click on the social. You need to reserve your tickets. You have to sign up and you have to reserve. Um, and my God, the person that's going to come will be spilling. Lots of beans, and um, it's going to be a veritable bean fest. So, yeah, get over there. So heads up. I'm not. I'm not bullshitting you. If you if if, if you if you're not, if you're going to ignore this, then a fair play, but you will kick yourselves. So, go to com, get on the social, get your tickets, and come and join us at the drink Park on Friday, Bank Holiday weekend, Friday the fourth of May. So, that's really it for another edition, what a week this has been, went up to Sunderland had a great trip up there, had a really good night out there with my mates in, in on, on Friday night um, Saturday the game, superb Brown the pubs Brown speaking to the, to the Black Cat fans, proper fans had a really good day, the wind was great great trip home with Bill Tuesday night, unforgettable under the floodlights of Griffin Park Brentford 5 Birmingham City nil. Cheer up, Harley Dean. He was not very, not very happy, not very happy at all. And tonight, results have kind of not gone our way. We're not at that stage of the season yet, but we are in with a shout, and we're going up to Leeds in very fine fettle. We're going up to Leeds with a little spring in our step and confident. So. Thank you very much. Marvellous, Matt. Have you enjoyed it tonight?
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much for your hospitality and your company. Uh, and, it's a pleasure. And to you, Robin, as well. Rob- Robin
2: Hood, you, you happy with tonight?
4: I'm very happy with tonight, as I was last night. And just, yeah, to, to become here and talk about, you know, my experiences and to stand on the terrace with my mates, Edward the Headwood and Gordon Lindsay and meet my dad at halftime for the Brentford Bob Report. It's times like this I'm really grateful I'm a
1: Brentford fan.
2: We're grateful to you. We're also grateful to the Prince Belusia who have looked after us magnificently tonight. Some lovely beers. We both, me and me and Robin, are drinking the Pride. We've got a bit of San Miguel action going on here with Marvelous Matt. Um, we've had a, we've had a few chips. We might we might have a few more chips. We we'll, we'll see. We might have a we might have a, have a bit of a nibble. But all that's left for me really to say is, come on you bees! Come on you bees!